Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thank you very much for tuning in to episode 1.5 of The Ball Bags Podcast. I unfortunately have to inform you that yet again... The coach is absent, maybe it's a blessing in disguise, but I am joined by the bottom feeder, Atlee, how are you? Good, a bit pissed off now the other lad's not here, like he's a bit disgraced. Yeah, it's two, it's two and five, it's, it's not great now. Miss, miss, miss it's probably like his goal scoring record in college, to be honest. <laughs> I won't get him started on his goal scoring record in college, we'll never hear the end of it. Um, we'll be cancelled, I'd say. Um... <laughs> As per usual, a lot, a lot to get through. It's, it's a bit of a mix-up this week, so we will have, obviously, Player of the Week in partnership with The Athletic. Make sure to click that link in the podcast description to get a month free. We'll also have the bottom feeder athletes' questions from the weekend, so they're mix-match around the houses. We'll, get it. we'll work our way through that. To be fair to the coach, as much as I'd love to sit here and lambast them, he was kind enough to leave us with a little NBA preview. So he's left us, I think it's six questions in total, as a brief precursor to the NBA season, which kicks off. This is going out obviously Wednesday the 13th. We kick off the night, um, early hours for Irish viewers of the 19th of October, so Tuesday, Tuesday this day week. Um, so we'll rattle through that. And then again, in partnership with our good friends usasports.co.uk we're going to do a little bit of have you seen this so it's a viral clip from the week and we do we are fortunate enough to have two fan questions this week so we'll play them and we'll answer them as best we can the link is in the podcast description again for both USA Sports and the fan questions or alternatively we're on Instagram I'm on Twitter at Sasquatch Scoop or the mid-season slump on Instagram pop us a DM if you don't want to record a voice note or even record a voice note and send it to us in DM so Bottom feeder athlete, ready to kick it off? Sure am. Okay, so player of the weekend. Um, first and foremost, he's not really here to defend it, but the coach had picked Callum Robinson. I get it. He's incredibly patriotic. He does love his association football, and it was a good result in the weekend—a three-nil win away in Azerbaijan. But I just don't think he's as sexy as them two picks potentially. So. No, it's a boring one, isn't it? You couldn't have it. It's like. a very, it's a very boring one. It's highly controversial in the time of vaccination status. It's, it's almost as if it's becoming. It was um, bigger than the goals he scored, to be honest. Which is, do you know what? It's, it's a bit shit. Like you know, stick kind of. He got. Probably a poor reflection on where we're headed as a society. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's a few bits now here to cover today that reflect very yeah. poorly on society. Um, my personal pick, and we obviously have scheduled a public apology from yourself. Um, Another potentially one. a coming out game for for Josh Allen. Um, late, late Sunday, Sunday, the early hours of Monday morning, morning against, against the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get to later on. on. Um, I thought he was ph- phenomenal. He's been phenomenal this season. Do you think he owed the people an apology? Look, he did have a slow start. That's embedded. That's fact. <laughs> but um, it was kind of a change. I don't know necessarily. I think everyone's blown up over the Chiefs a little bit as well. But look, Alan 
took that game by the balls on Sunday night mm. and we had some stiff competition as well like Herbert was unreal but Kansas are you know like they obviously had to overcome it last year they couldn't get past them this year they look like the best team in the whole league at the minute so and he's not like he's playing a little bit within himself but then like obviously Sunday night he really like he cut loose and he was unreal and the only one really challenging him was Tyson Fury but I think ah come on we go with Joshy we go with Joshy oh we go with Joshy we'll I go was with Joshy. gonna I, I was leaning actually more towards Tyson Joshy um, I'm sorry but uh we just I just need to go back to the original love I had for you you're the original tall look good in shorts fella you know <laughs> we didn't call him the holes for nothing just fucking piss missiles everywhere bring it back <laughs> okay we'll go with Josh Allen um, fair the weekend we will probably just maybe just quickly touch on Tyson Fury look obviously it's phenomenal that was probably a fight for the ages um, we are going to cover it probably further down the line but what that man's gone from say four years ago to where he is now nothing maybe so where he is now as if it's a shock like he's probably back to where he always was talented enough to be Um so it's not a major shock of where he is, but when you compare it to where he was four years ago, it is truly and utterly exceptional. It's that, that rags to riches story that boxing just seems to to bring out in people. Like it's a Hollywood movie. It's a Morecambe movie, maybe I suppose. But uh, yeah, he. Do you know what? He takes some slaps as well, doesn't he? In fairness, to him, like he doesn't. Incredible and fight. Bonus, bonus on this. Find yourself a bird that looks at you the way she looks at Tyson Fury. All over that. See that? Then, <laughs> my God, that is dream goals True. right there. <laughs> True. <laughs> but look, anyway, player of the weekend is Josh Allen. Just given the, uh, I suppose, yeah, I don't want to get too overhyped, but potentially put him as the front runner for the MVP this season. But anyway, so Bob Peter Ali has discussed. You have a few questions from around the tables this weekend. So, do you want to kick us off? Sure do obviously the Nations League game with France and Spain just kind of made me think about a uh, certain centre forward there that plays for France um, is, is kind of is Karim Benzema just a bit underappreciated the last like decade or is he justly rated I he is underrated I don't think he gets enough love like, he's unbelievable no. isn't he like he's so consistent like if he was playing in England I think we people would have a very different opinion of him, but I think it's and just because he played I think in Spain or not Spain, like in Spain with Madrid, Ronaldo's there. Like I think we have a different kind of look about him, maybe. You also like, and people underestimate this. Yes. Another person is underestimated, not as underestimated Benzema, but Luka Modric as well was in that Real Madrid side. So you Luka Modric, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's probably a prime Tony Cruz as well. I mean, Some there's only so many there. people can get praise, like. Yeah, but like, is he? If we took, like, hypothetically, if just Ronaldo just didn't exist for Real Madrid for those years, like, how, how much different would you look at Benzema? Look, I think he—it's probably the fact too that he's—he's he's a proven goal scorer, but he's generally this uh, kind of. 
this is probably an over exaggeration but he is probably a fox in the box type striker he's not going to score these phenomenal long range runs or even long range strikes but they are crucial goals too I suppose as well so potentially the not the quality of his goals I'm probably rambling a bit here yeah, I'm probably not, not making a lot of sense, sense. but if he was scoring these worldly goals, these viral goals in the age of social media that people share on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, probably would get a bit more praise. Whereas Ronaldo scoring them goals, Messi scoring them goals, that goal where he runs uh, through the entire Getafe starting eleven, you know, infamous goal. Benzema's just getting the dirty goals. He gets a lot of dirty goals. A, a lot of a lot of dirty goals and a lot of dirty goals at crucial times. Um, but maybe, so maybe it's a, it's a, a French striker, striker thing. Someone I always thought was criminally undervalued as well. Not to the extent of Benzema. Oli Giroud. Oh, he scores crackers, though. Fuck. Yeah, but but under underappreciated, definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't hold him in even the close, like, the same regard. But yeah, no. No, 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 I'm not trying to say that. But maybe it's a French striker thing. Maybe it's their system. They don't overvalue the striker, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're not known yeah, for no, raw he... pace. It's not like you know your Thierry Henry back in the day. It's just flashy. It's a little bit. It's yeah. It's dirt, like dirty fucking goals, man. It's all over. And maybe that's maybe that's the thing about Benzema too. He's no like discernible, amazing amount of skill. He doesn't stand that out in terms of skill. He doesn't, he doesn't stand, stand out in terms of the like your physical attributes of of Ronaldo. He doesn't generally catch your eye, other than the fact he scores a lot of goals. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, his general play is decent as well. Like, he, oh, he, it's not bad. Done, in fairness, he's done. He's probably allowed like a lot of those players to thrive. Mm. Um, I think that'd be fair to say. You know, I think he could probably have way more personal accolades. You know, statistically mm. speaking. But fuck it, look, he's won everything as well. Apart, you know what I mean? So that's, that's, does that's he true, care? Probably not. He definitely doesn't care what probably I think not. today, and he will. But listen, <laughs> just said I'd show him some love. So yeah, fair, fair, fair. Right, next, next question. question. Right. Given the big news that Newcastle are now the wealthiest club in the world, stupid amount of money, really, it's insane. Um, Criminal. How long do we think it's going to take for them to like genuinely threaten title, Premier League title? What are we looking at? Three years. Yeah, I, I think it's inside five years, but I don't think it's inside three. Um, no, and there is kind of restrictions for the FFP as well. Like they can't just drop a pile of money straight. There is, the there bat, is, isn't there? There is, and there isn't. Um, so there's a number of factors at play there. So financial, f- financial fair play, play is, is well, look, it's a mockery. Um, but we'll not get into that today. But effectively, in a sentence, it means you can't spend more than you're bringing in. And where that's different to say in Newcastle and the City is one, Newcastle fills St James's Park, City don't. Newcastle now are going to have so much more, they're a far more attractive proposition for a sponsorship standpoint. A third point, which look, it might be overlooked, but it's just to add into the the overall budgeting thing. So, Ashley obviously owns Sports Direct. And as part of that, there was advertising on the billboards the whole way through his tenure for Sports Direct, free of charge. That is a relatively premium priced advertisement point um, when you consider it televised to a global audience. 
that's now open to anyone. That's fair game, isn't it? That's fair, fair game. game. That's, that's another, another revenue, revenue stream. stream. They're going to get more TV fixtures. So as a result, more lion's share of the fixture kitty. So you can see the revenue start to build and build and build. And even yeah, just and even this, season, this season, if they if don't, don't buy anyone, the revenue should go through the roof because they're a passionate fan base. They're going to fill out the stadium now that Mike Ashley's gone. Not that they weren't previously, but if you can fill that stadium out when they're battling relegation, what are you going to do now when you're the richest club in the world? Yeah. Domestically, like in fairness to them, like they're not, they're, they're a huge club in England. Like historically, domestically, like Newcastle's a big spot. And and, and that's what someone said to me. He's like, why Newcastle? He's like, they're, they're off in their corner, especially with the demise of Sunderland. There's no other club near them. Like, when, like when you like bought Man City, you were competing with arguably, at that stage, one of, if not the biggest sporting brands in the world. And I'm comparing, now I'm, and I'm throwing in the Yankees, I'm throwing in the Cowboys, Barca, Real Madrid. But when, you, when City were bought out, United were at an all-time high in terms of value. So that's a huge comp- competitive um, standpoint. Like if you were to buy a side in London, you'd probably be eight sides there you're competing with straight away. If you buy into Newcastle, there's no one really around to compete with you in terms of like, terms fan, of base. like fan base. All your casual All your fans are now going to get back involved. I think it's a win-win. Isn't it? So yeah. I think it long short in three to five years. I think three to five years is fair. It's kind of scary. Look, it is what it is now. Like, if you want to compete for those kind of trophies, you need money. You, you yeah. do. Like, you need cash. You're never going to be able to attract like the best players in the world if you don't have money. Like, mm. and to be honest, it's I don't feel bad for Newcastle. Like Newcastle fans, like, should be a late. I'd be a late if I was a Newcastle fan. Like, fuck, we just went from like bottom of the barrel to it's like winning the lotto like like those fans would have been ecstatic just to get rid of Mike Ashley yeah and they They've got, got rid of Mike Ashley so much more <laughs> like yeah and everything else so yeah no I, I think three to five years I do think they're going to go through a period of time like when City first got the influx of money they'd spend going Ericsson they might get someone in January like a like a Robinho do you know someone that's just a big name doesn't know really know where they're going um, and they might have some weird losses like yeah, I always think back to Man City the first year they gone all in on money they'd Sven Goran Eriksson as a manager they bought these kind of weird players Stephen Ireland was in his pomp then as well too but they remember they lost 8-0 to Middlesbrough on the last day of the season I do think it's going to be a strange maybe year or two but yeah. when they get to a, a position where they can guarantee European football if not even Champions League even Europa League caliber player they can attract but will start to generally rise plus stupid wages um, but yeah three to five years but yeah, fair I think three to five years that they're going to threaten and I don't know whether they'll win it but like they'll be there like it's, it's a Champions League first obviously and then you know you get that top four spot and it kind of anything is possible when you've got cash Do you know what yeah I mean? well I mean they could turn around Look, to Dale Barcelona with debt there if they wanted to and just be like, oh yeah, should be slapped like and buy colours when you was out. <laughs> like, you could do what it was Yeah, like. fair. Like, look at City when they were bought out. The same conversation was had. Um, and for a while it was like, I don't think they're ever going to win the Premier League, but they will be there, thereabouts. And then, once they won the first one, the floodgates opened. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, had five games through the NFL season now. 
give me two teams you think are primed for a bit of a surge and two that are primed for a slump. A what slump? A slump. Like just a general what slump. Type of, what type of a slump? Like a mid-season slump. A mid-season slump, yeah, follow us on Instagram. Um, <laughs> right, I did, obviously I been sent these questions in advance. I did two for each, but the first one I'm going to name for each, there's a caveat to it. There's a, they will if. You like caveats? I love caveats. Okay, right. So my first, <laughs> my first, uh, Surge with the caveat, um, and uh, I'm gonna kick myself because I picked these really well. Like, but the Colts, okay. So they're one and four. One win coming against Miami, who are dog rough, but they've lost to Seattle. Obviously, before they've imploded and with Russell Wilson's injury, the Rams, the divisional matchup against the Titans, and then last night in overtime walk off touchdown to Baltimore. But they've generally improved over the last two to three weeks. Their next games are Houston. The 49ers were a bit of a mess. The Titans again in a divisional matchup. And the Jets and the Jags. That's actually not a bad one again. That's all That's right. an incredible opportunity to get on a run. Qu- Quentin Nelson's still not fully back fit. Carson Wentz did look good in the highlight package I've seen about last night's game. I didn't see the full game, but he did look uh, like not quite, but 2017 Carson Wentz. He wasn't a million miles off. Maybe not as mobile and stamina around, but. I just, just think there's potential there. Look, Frank Reich is way too good of a head coach for them to. Like, I think them winning like five games. Like, if they won five games, it's a fucking disaster. But if they salvaged, mm. you know, at this point, like, it's done. Your, your season is kind of done. But, I mean, if you got to seven, eight wins. Well, look at his division. Huh? Yeah. Look at his division. Titans are a mess this year. Do you still think they could turn around and win the whole, win win the division? At what, like nine and eight? They probably could, and then you've also got to factor in as well that there's an extra playoff wildcard team this year as well. So, yeah, look, I've kind of put them in cautiously optimistic. That's that's a that's my caveat surge. My okay. caveat midseason slump, and I hate myself for saying this, but it is Cincinnati, and the reason being, Joe Burrow is taking too much contact. If he, if he keeps, keeps taking the contact he's been taking over the last few weeks, he will be out for the rest of the season. Did you see that hit? My God, I thought he was. Apparently, he, he he wasn't able to talk <laughs> afterwards. He's so competitive, yeah, like, though, isn't he? Like this is why you love him. And that's and that's why you love him. And that's why that combination of himself and Jamar Chase is it's phenomenal. They get better every week, and I'm rooting for him. Believe me, I'm rooting for him. But if he keeps taking that damage. He's gone again. And that's two seasons wrecked with injury. It starts to become an issue. Um, that if they don't solve that offensive line issue, their offensive line issues. Kind of comes back to, look, the Burrow-Jamar chase thing is a bit of a sight to behold. Like, And Jamar mm. had that other, like we was down on contact for 14 yard gain instead of what should have been, like I think it was like 76 yard fucking touchdown. Mm. You could have taken a tackle instead of him, mm. but you're hoping like you can coach them and then get it next year. But like they looked like they could win maybe nine or ten games. You know they hung, like, they gave that game away to the Packers. They actually gave it, gave it to them. 
Yeah, incredible, incredible game. No, yeah. not, not maybe one. They might be there to get a good lineman next year. You know, they might not be bottom of the barrel. So now they're in trouble again, the trying to figure out how to. The only thing, the only thing I, w- I would say is looking ahead at the draft and looking very early days. Yeah, there's no slam dunk Heisman. There's no slam dunk w- number one, one draft, draft pick. pick so, so teams may be a bit more flexible in terms of drafting them. Yeah, and I if just you're think like they need to spend their entire draft capital on linemen just everywhere just get them and be done with like he'll throw to like you don't need receivers he makes he'll make it work just get loads of linemen See but you have receivers yeah T and if T Higgins there as well just spend so. them all in linemen and if mm. someone says no sack them to be honest and just mm. get more just get linemen sack them and replace yeah. them with linemen so that's my that's yeah caveat. Yeah, I, like I, I like I didn't want to say them, but I'm just looking at them. Just, just, just taking too much, too much uh, ambition. Um, my my jump, my uh, sorry, my my definite kind of surge, and I think this cuts back quite a bit as well. Um, Kansas. So they've been awful. Let's let's not beat around the bush. They've been awful in in, in defense. But the next lineup, the lineup again is Washington football team. The Titans are a bit of a mess. Green Bay, which is a difficult matchup, I'll give them that. Las Vegas, who are now in absolute and utter turmoil. That division now looks a lot easier after the last two weeks in terms of what's going on in Denver and what's going on. Denver not off-field stuff, but just in terms of results. And Las Vegas. Um, and then Dallas. So I think they're all very much winnable games, even the Green Bay game, which I'll get to next. Because my next slump, is Green Bay and I'll tell you why they're just so reliant on Devontae Adams it's actually criminal how if he's oh he is incredibly good but if he has an off day they're gone Um, they're playing Chicago next they should beat Chicago but it is a divisional matchup You you, you can't take any divisional matchup for granted then they have a bye and they come back and they face Arizona who are red hot and a Kansas side who are battling for a playoff spot if they can kind of turn their season around I do like Green Bay like I do like their players but I just think they're so reliant on Devontae Adams yeah and, and do you know what in fairness Aaron Jones is really good too and but, they, but he's rocks and diamonds yeah like they look you look at Aaron Jones and you're kind of like like statistically he's always kind of up there now top of the charts for you know stats but like when you watch him I'd rather have like maybe there's probably four or five running backs I'm just like I'd rather have them he just like he's so consistent in fairness but he's now Hmm. like I want like I I find him I find him inconsistent I think last year I had him in in fantasy football it's not a great predicate of success whatever but he could he throw around and turn up 45, 50 points. And you'd be like, wow. And then and the, the next week, he'd, he'd jump up six. Which is just not fun like he... to watch, really. It's not fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very fun running yeah. back to watch. But yeah, it can be explosive. So look, those are my mid-season slumps and, and mid-season surges. Nice. Next question. So after Fury's what can only be said an amazing fight over the weekend is there actually any point in the AJ fight happening now or ever like and after AJ losing like is that kind of I think it's kind of dead in the water Um, Tyson Fury does have Rony easier 
think he's three fights left. Um, AJ is not on the cards for either of the next two anyway. Um, so he, he, I think he's slated to fight the winner of Dylan White and... Oh, oh, I can't remember. That's the next up one fight. He's slated to fight the winner of that. He has one belt. And then, in order to get them all, he has to fight Usage. So I think he fights the winner of Dylan White and Otto, and then he fights Usage, and that leaves him with one fight left in his con contract. At which stage he probably would work away after that. He's probably a made generational wealth. Um, what does it? What needs to happen for that to turn around? That AJ needs happen. to go on a streak. AJ He's going to destroy go lads. Like it has to like. What needs to happen is AJ needs to go on a streak and he probably needs to fight and probably needs to beat Wilder. Yeah, fair. Probably needs to beat Wilder and he probably needs to fight Usic after Fury beats him, if he beats him, if that makes sense. So before there's talk of a rematch, AJ needs to get in there and fight Usic and beat him. Could it be easy if that's to happen? Could you just mm-hmm. turn around and say then though, after that, like, so... AJ fights Wilder now, right? And and beats him comfortably. Is there gonna be an argument be like, gosh, sure, like Fury bet the piss out of him. That's why he's like that in the first place. And AJ just got the scraps off him then, or I don't know. But he I didn't beat the piss out of him. Like he was knocked down twice. Like it was it was a very competitive fight. I know he's beaten him twice now. Um arguably he should have beaten him three times because it was it was score a draw first fight first. A lot of people were saying Tyson Fury actually won that fight. Go back and look at it. Um, the appeal is just gone for me personally. Now I never thought I'd say that, but yeah, hmm? the appeal like is just gone for me. Like it, it, it's gone for maybe us as neutral fans. But, but I, I do, do think, think um, for British boxing fans, for Eddie Hearn, if he could fill out Wembley, I think that's a massive selling still for him. Yeah, I don't think Dylan White and. Uh, AJ do the ticket sales. So you don't think Dylan White versus Fury does the same ticket sales as AJ? No, that's true. That's very true. Hopefully, um, still, I just yeah, I can't see it now happening at the moment. But um, yeah, it's kind of like it feels like it's just gone too far down the line. Yeah, but maybe so not. Maybe not. It's probably been a rough four years, maybe for AJ. Oh, my last one is then um, look Brady is lighting it up now again surprise surprise MVP favourite favourite or who do we think now at this point five games in it's quarterback award anyway so we know it's going to be a quarterback it is. Like, but no it's going to be quarterback I put Brady joint fourth but there's also a joint third. Um, right, go on. Let so me the, have t- so the, top, the top two are at the moment in time are Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. They're interchangeable. I put Josh Allen one after Sunday night, but if you're willing to argue Kyler Murray, it should be number one because they're undefeated, etc. I'll, I'll take. Right, so they're one and two. He gets better every week. You'll be glad to hear this. Justin Herbert, I would put as tied with Lamar Jackson, Jackson right now. See, the Simply thing because about Lamar is 
like he had that huge game last night, like and it was monstrous. But he, mm. like in no circumstances did I have him in the conversation. I, I don't think it, that'll last. I don't think that's sustainable for him either. Like going going through the season, like that's probably the best game of passing he's ever had in his fucking life. But he he is better this this year. I do think. I just think. Um, I think Lamar is pure. It's like Michael Vick back in the day in the Atlanta Falcons days. It was just that X factor. That's so much easier a sell to fans and for the NFL than a than a, a stats heavy guy. Do you know what I mean? Like we've seen everyone else, maybe not everyone else before. Um, but, but, uh, so, so, but basically, so basically to round it out Carlo Murray and Josh Allen interchangeable I'd have Lamar and Justin Herbert Justin Herbert though probably will go ahead and Lamar maybe next week he generally has got better every single time I've seen him play and it's it's scary his rise through the NFL and what he could be the only thing the Chargers are missing I would say they're very poor on a, on a rush defence standpoint if they can sort that out, I think they potentially could become smoky for Super Bowl this year. Um, and then I would have Brady and Mahomes joint as well on fourth. They'd be my kind of top six quarterbacks so far this season. I do think Brady, I mean, the free agents they have in Tampa, it's just... It's sort of worldly. Um, I'm not disputing his, his work rate or anything like that, but or his attention to detail. But to have a wide receiving core of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown, who went off in the weekend. I don't think there's a better three wide receivers in the NFL on the defensive side. Brown just looks like a new man, doesn't he? Like, just looks like a new man. I've seen, I've seen a great meme. You get to that maybe next. Um, uh, like the picture of Thanos and it was like and uh, Antonio Brown with the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of blowing up and uh, John Rudin getting yeah, sacked exactly. and it's like they called me a madman mad <laughs> he looks like a genius nerd isn't he yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just yeah and offensively defensively their lines are brilliant they've even got a good running game like it's not exceptional but Ronald Jones Leonard Fournette it's a good running game it's a good running group by commission um, that should get sense. better over the years well, to be honest so that's that, that does kind of mark not mark Brady down yeah. but you know what I mean you it does, I mean, kind, it of, does kind of like I, I think sorry in yeah. a vacuum I think in a vacuum if you put any of the other quarterbacks mentioned above him in that side they all do just as well if not better they're all playing at really high level at the minute very I, I think it could be it's not going to be unanimous this year I don't even think it's no. going to be close and stat, look in fairness of Stafford he's in, in the mix there as well you know the Rams win next week you know what I mean so you could be potentially looking at a few teams at 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 and all of these boys could be spearheading them and how do you separate them then it's tough mm. But uh, I think Kyler's probably just jumped out for me a little bit. I like Kyler this year. Mm. Um, he makes stupid plays. He makes stupid. He's just pure sandlot. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's waiting to watch. Um, 
and then suppose just I know that's probably the end of your questions but as we are on a bit of an NFL tirade we will be remiss to not mention the situation in Las Vegas so obviously John Gruden was relieved of his duties in the early hours Irish time last night kind of there was allegations uh, sorry it was, it was leaked to I think it was the Financial Times on Friday of email threads from 2011 including racial slurs he apologised for it it kind of not died away it was answered but it was being dealt with and then yesterday again in the early hours maybe even before like there was an hour in between this the New York Times had a leak which is very strange in the NFL for a leak not to come from Michael Rapport uh, Glazier someone else I'm missing but there's kind of three names that break all the stories um, but look I'll get to it anyway it, it is a bit strange and he basically had hit a home run uh, for <laughs> for any bonus of Cal's culture he'd emails slating female refs being added into the into the uh, the NFL he'd emails about Michael Sam who was the first openly gay player um, drafted which is not a great look when you consider Las Vegas Raiders were so proud to have Karen Mason and he's been exceptional this year as well on the roster the first openly gay player to make an NFL well not make an NFL roster but to be in the starting lineup um, and then some re more racial stereotypes and stuff like that and kind of emails with NFL exec executives he Referred to, to uh, Roger, Roger Goodell, Goodell. Let's, let's call it a bundle, bundle of sticks. sticks. It's probably the easiest way to say it and not cut down ourselves. But he kind of hit a home run or he hit bingo anyway on kind of the stuff you don't say. Now, look, a lot of it's old stuff, but he was an adult at the time, so it's, it's still not kind of acceptable. It stemmed from um, the, the Washington football team investigation. They had looked at 650,000 emails. So you better believe like Gruden is not the only one about to get sacked this week. The, I like with that many emails and it's like John, what are we doing like sending emails to Washington at the time? Like it's the most dysfunctional thing. Send an email. Yeah. It's kinda like he fucked it up so bad, didn't he? He really fucked this up. He he really did. Um he really should have known better. Um and, 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 like, like probably his career, career gone, gone in terms of like obviously before this he was an ESPN analyst. He was making good money. money. Um, then he went back to the NFL, got a waffle contract, I think it was 10 years, 100 million. Yeah, I with wonder if he's due to get all of that now, or... Because I was very confused reading this earlier, I was like, like, this is 2011 he started, like, he's not even an NFL employee at the time. So, I was like, is he even subject to the personal conduct policy? And I'm like, well, if you go after Roger, you definitely are getting, like, he's going to smoke you with something. And then and you could see the two boys on Sunday Night Football, Mike Tirico, like they were going to bat for him as well. Like I think the mm -hmm. reality is that Gruden is very well liked and he's made a really bad fucking mistake here. Um, that could be the end of Spider 2, Why Banana on the QB camps now in ESPN. <laughs> That's gone. Like, um, But he is a very I just, I, personable I, guy. Like you wonder, I don't know if he's going to be able to rebuild from this. I doubt it. No, as I said, like it, it really was a grand slam in terms of stuff you do not say. Um, but I just wonder. I, I, as I said, look, it's, it's just strange. It wasn't broken 
by the big names in NFL, if that makes sense. It wasn't Rapport, it wasn't Glazer or whatever that. It was the Financial Times and I think the New York Times. And I wonder, did someone in Las Vegas go, we have this man for another seven years? Um, and we have not progressed in the last three. We've not progressed in the last three. What's that fella you know that's doing an internship in the New York Times? Your nephew? Do you want to give him a career break? Do you want to set him up for a lifelong career and help us out? You scratch my back, I scratch your back. It's just strange. The contract that he got was nuts anyways, especially because he hadn't been coaching. And it was just like, throw 100 million at the million dollar man that's on the telly all the time talking about football. And they were like, this is going to work. And then they hired uh, Mike Mayock as the GM. And Mike Mayock was like, is a is a massive like NFL personality, like you know, it's like does all the mm. scouting boards and stuff. The next minute, these two fuckers were in charge of a whole team. You're kind of going, that could be a bit of a disaster. And was it? But was it? As you said, look, the two big NFL personalities. Was it a this side is moving to Las Vegas? It's the city that lights. We need stories. We need focus to maintain our relevancy. I suppose. But look, the market there. The coach was ever so kind as to leave us a list of NBA sessions with Parra, the questions Parra had for you. So we'll get into them, as I said, kicking off next week. Cannot wait. So the first question from the coach is basically, well, basically, as he's put it, you can find tips and tricks or, and predictions for the rookie of the season anywhere else. But what about which player is going to make the biggest sophomore leap this season? So for me, I went with James Wiseman. Okay. And so like it's all, like the Warriors are obviously a bit of a hot topic because Clay is back. And mm. what kind of Clay Thompson we see this year is a bit of a mystery, but listen, he is the second greatest shooter of all time. If he can still shoot at that level, you know, they should be like they're going to be really competitive him and Steph but it's what they get out of Wiseman I think this year is going to be the game changer for them it's either going to vault them kind of into that top 4 or 5 spot in the west or if he doesn't kind of progress this year and, and give them something on the inside um, they could be scrapping for the 7-8 seat because you know how competitive the west is so I think for me he is prime for a jump. He kind of played roughly around 20 minutes a game last year. So, like, obviously, Steve Kerr is just going to have to start throwing the minutes at him and see if he can handle it now. I think he will mm. be. I think they're going to be pretty good side this year. Um, and it's... I think he's actually... He's the most important... I think he's more important right now than, than Clay Thompson. So, what kind of James Wiseman we see this year? Like, can he be the top kind of the top pick or is he just going to take a back seat again I think he makes a bit of a jump to be honest okay good um, the first one I'm going to throw out there um, probably, probably third, third on my list anyway and you, you probably get, get the other two anyway because they're, they're fairly obvious, obvious but, but it's, it's not, not really a stats based um, pick it's more in the fact I just liked what I saw last year and Obi, Obi Toppin of the Knicks I just thought he brought a different dynamic than I just think there's something in his 
his psyche that he's, he's going to be a good NBA player. Um, and that's kind of... Look, I have a deep-seated urge in me to see the Knicks be relevant because I do think there's certain teams in certain competitions. The NRL, there's a... The rugby league competition in Australia and no one watches football of themselves. But there's a saying that when the South Sydney Rabbitohs are going well, rugby league is going well. And I think that's kind of true for the NBA. When the Knicks are going well, basketball's going well. And that's kind of... They're an interesting side, aren't they? Because they are sitting kind of right in that, like, four or five seed. I think it's an awful... Like, they need mm. an awful lot of progression from the younger players to really vault into that. Mm. You know, to even get near kind of the nets and stuff like that. But they have more than enough not to fall off. Mm. So is mm. it just like, we just kind of sit here now, see if we can get a bit more out of talking this year, and Barrett, you know, and... and then next year and the year after that is kind of really when they should take their leap but I still think that yeah they're kind of mm. the weird like if they fell off this year I'd be shocked but I wouldn't be because <laughs> it is the Knicks um, uh, I think they've I think I think they've solidified it now surely please like we probably wish this into existence yeah. didn't we yeah. Now, what what I would say is, there's any casual NBA fans that actually want a good podcast to listen to on the NBA. The Athletic did a series called Shattered, but they put it out everywhere. It's on the Dolan years in New York Knicks, and my God, it's just a roller coaster. Definitely worth listening. Um, do you anyone else then to take the sophomore league? Bit more consistency out of Edwards, maybe if he gets you know just starts where he left off would be a big thing for him. Um, yeah. He's obviously insanely talented, isn't he? He's kind of like that Derrick Rose highlight athlete. Um, but obviously he didn't start off particularly well last year and kind of really ratcheted it up, especially when Lamelo got injured and pushed close to the rookie of the year. But like he would, he really needs to just start from where he left off as opposed to slowly getting into it this year. But um, yeah, I, I, I had him as well. I just. Timberwolves are kind of the Detroit Lions of the NBA and I just like exploring it in just a vacuum yes he could take the biggest off my league will it be recognised I don't think so um, it might just, just be think personal be accolade able. really yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> think they're just going to be a better than the NBA um, they are the Detroit Lions of the NBA they tried to waste Kevin Garnett's career so he's not happy about that still they are shite though like let's call a spade like yeah, yeah. I don't understand how they keep fucking it up but you know what I don't support them and therefore it is not my problem someone else's no. <laughs> and then I suppose I finally luck would be remiss, remiss and if the coach was here my god he would have put his foot through the screen because he's a massive fan but Lamelo Ball um, I would be cautiously optimistic that he's got a huge amount more in terms of improvement and maybe that's very negative there was brilliant patches last year I just think his game is not suited to the modern day NBA his playmaking ability is fucking phenomenal like, but, he's, but, it, but his shooting ability is not no but I think and we've seen this problem with his brother yeah like the, I still think he could probably get you know maybe five or six more points a game consistently hmm. out um and then that vaults him into kind of that early 20s and yeah, then and, and if, and he, if he's a walking he, he triple that. double then as well you know what I mean like his his passing is 
out of this world. He was too big for a guard. Um, but he might just stay the same. He's kind of a fella that isn't. He just doesn't strike you as someone that's just like right. I need to get forty every night. Um, mm. I don't know if he has that kind of proper scoring mentality. It's probably it's probably his mentality yeah. is going to hold him back more than nothing else. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, let's call call a spade there. There's a four to watch out for. Gus Edwards, Lamelo Ball, James Wise, Obi Toppin. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Okay, next, next question, question from the coach. coach. Which, Which franchise, franchise has improved the most over the offseason? It has to be Chicago for me, I think. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago on paper, paper. definitely. They spent um, a lot of money, didn't they? Yeah, but it's a salary cap sport, so everyone's spending the same. Uh, I know it's a soft cap as opposed to a hard cap, but still. Um, I just think, like, they already have Vucevic there who's also like he's criminally underrated as a playmaker and stuff like that they can do a lot with him and now possibly playing like DeMar DeRozan in kind of these small ball lineups as like a forward like it's it, it's interesting it could be an absolute hot mess but on paper like they are I think they are streets ahead signing wise to anyone else what do you think? I like it what it wasn't as if they'd bad players before, as you said, Vucevic. Let's call him Nikola. But not the king of Nikola's. And it's Zach Levine, who. Look, I know a lot of people kind of go, oh, he's. He's kind of. People think he's just this slam dunk player, obviously, he's going through slam dunk competitions and stuff like that. But. I think he's, he, he adds a lot, lot more than that. Alex Caruso, Caruso could be a shoe and maybe for six man of the year if it goes well. Um, and then and I don't know if you've seen it, but can I just a quick look at the preseason? Lonzo Ball is shooting five out of six threes a game. I know it's preseason, but if he was to bring that into regular season play, he's a different one. If they hadn't assigned all these players, I would have... I would be banging the table in front of me here to say like Patrick Williams for the sophomore sophomore jump that that kid is a fucking freak and timestamp mm. this he's going to be a proper star wing player in the league when it's more like minute opportunity for him now you know that kind of way it's because they've gone and spent the money so he might miss out this year yeah, well, look, the only thing to say there is, depending on how well this takes off, he could get pushed close to the trade deadline. Yeah, I think he's, honestly, he's to one of the He's phenomenal. He's going to be a phenomenal two-way player. Mm. Okay, call it now. Great job. Great job. Great um, so, so I had Chicago. Um, another side I would say that got better this offseason. The, the next two sides I have that got better this offseason. Are without kind of signing anyone. So, so we touched, touched on them. Golden State Warriors, obviously, the play being back. And another and season of development, James Wiseman. But the team but I the team want to touch on, last year's beat point, Phoenix Suns. I know there's kind of rumblings about DeAndre Jordan's contract and stuff like that. He wants kind of the max money, they're trying to make money that. They've kept that side together. Outside of Chris Paul, it's a very young roster. You know the old expression, you need to lose one to win one. I think the I experience think of going to the finals, finals last, last year, year and coming up short, coming up short 
will have, will have brought a lot of those young players, players further along the road in terms of development than just simple just gameplay simple never, game would. never would. I think, I think they potentially they got better this off season without season actually, doing, actually anything. doing anything, which is a great place, a to, great be. place to be. Um, they are. Uh, they obviously battered Denver in the playoffs this year, but it was Aiton's performance which that for someone like all reports was that Chris Paul basically was just dragging him along kicking and screaming like until one point he was kind of like right fuck this I was a number one pick and just really started to show it then um, mm, mm. like him if him and Booker are your cornerstones like after Chris whatever happens to Chris Paul after this year if those two players are your cornerstones like that's hard to argue with like just been to a finals Booker's a fucking freak and he's got that like Kobe mentality and Aiton just seems mm. like he gave Jokic like an awful battle doing. Like, doing. doing I wouldn't say it was but like really it like, was a doing like yeah fair fuck off <laughs> he gave him like he did give him a rough enough time so mm. Yeah, two as far as having two young players like that in your roster, you'd kind of be ecstatic enough about it, like even for the next like three to four years of a window. And the the, the thing, thing with Chris Paul, Paul I'm, I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not a huge fan of him, but I do think culturally he's phenomenal. And if you've taken all you can take out of him from a culture standpoint, and those are two cornerstones moving forward, they could be in a place to be there or thereabouts for the next ten years. Um. You know, so like, like when, when he does move on, on if they've they taken all they can out of him, they still get nothing. Like I don't think OKC will get the benefits of Chris Paul because he was there for a year. They've all these draft picks, so they're going to look wildly different in five years' time. Like the amount of picks they have is ridiculous. You could start considering like packing those picks away as well now, because you don't need to be hitting on them. You've got your. If you think those two boys are your two, your two players, and you just build around them instead of going for like this three-star thing, you know, two really good stars. And then pack the roster out to whatever you need. Some really like, like if you can get some really good, good kind of pros, pros in. in. Um, just need yeah, a GM job somewhere like hundred grand a year. I'll do for fuck all lads. Get me in. Yeah. <laughs> like man, kids. Um, and then I get Golden State Warriors. Do you anyone else? Um, in terms of in terms of franchise moves. No, no. Fair, fair. Well, look, I, I'd agree with you. It's the Chicago Bulls. I just wanted to have some different options, but yeah, the Chicago Bulls on paper, undoubtedly, are the most improved. Um, so the league's most underrated player is. Do you want to go first, or? Yeah, I have three again in. No particular order. No, sorry. This is the third. The other two are kind of. I got. They're on the same level for me. Terry Rozier. I think he's, he's like, almost criminally underrated. I think he's, like, a really good watch. This scary Terry. I love the idea. Did you ever see that crossover he has? And, like, the fucking announcer just goes, it's Terry Terry. It's so good. But if that's his... He's my, probably... Ah, like, yeah, he's fun to watch, in fairness to him. Yeah, and... I just, I just had the man in, in the room there, but Terry was here again. My third Yourself? So, and 
I think it also comes with the opportunity is going to come begging for this particular player as well is Deontay Murray so obviously with DeMar leaving um, like I think Murray's a good player anyways he's just under 16 points a game this year like he has I still think he's a bit of room to grow he's a good two way player but I think we could see a significant jump out of what the Spurs expect out of him this year just because there's a bit of a scoring load to be filled there now I actually think he can fill it Fair, fair. that's, that's a, great a great shirt, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think, I think uh, yeah, a lot of activity is kind of just, just Spurs are in the toilet of Popovich's reign and stuff like that, that. and it's probably not uber, uber relevant, relevant, and that's probably why he's maybe slept on. Probably how I put it. Yeah, he's not the healthiest either, to be fair. Um, this, in fairness, this, if he's ever going to do it, this is it's this year, like it's prime for him, to be fair. So he's been good really reliable but I think there is more in him so Fair. I kind of hope he takes a bit of a jump now and just kind of cracks into that possibly Fair. elite um, kind of point guard tier cool and the second, second man up in terms of the most underappreciated is probably because, because as a franchise they have a huge following and they probably no one really cares about them but I think Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz is criminally underrated to the, to the fact that he's never even mentioned in terms of the league's top 50 players like he's just an afterthought and if you look at those baby lakers um say that pre the lebron years and stuff like that they got blown up my god some of those players look at julius randall in new york some of those players are really starting to come good and jordan clarkson for me is is one of those that is really starting to come good well he uh fairness to him like it just was a constant highlight reel this year as in like I started last season mm -hmm. um, for the Jazz like he was seeing sh was like from a man possessed with these crossovers and stuff um, and I think they just sat him down and went look you're really good at this and we only need you to do this and he showed out like just in that one particular aspect of his game uh, he really gave the Jazz kind of something dynamic coming off the bench yeah and I, and I, I think <laughs> Rudy Gobert really really is giving an awful lot of freedom to play but my final, final one and I absolutely love the bit of this but he plays in Memphis Jamarant stop he's not underrated like oh I think well look he, he bet out Zion for rookie of the year and yet Zion is still filling articles and covers and covers like there's, like there's still, there's and it's, still, this is a wild take, but there's still potential of Zion Williams to have worse. Yeah, but like the Zion, like obviously, Jesus, we could have talked for an hour about the state of the Pelicans today, but yeah, um, I always say, I always say, I don't think that Jam Morant is the most underappreciated player on that team, nor is he the player that's really going to unlock them. I always thought it was um, Jackson. But he's never like he he was very slow coming back last year. Like I don't think Jazz underrated. I think he's just getting ready to. I think he's kind of just feeling out what kind of point guard he wants to be. Like he could easily be a thirty. Like I, I probably like maybe maybe I overrate him. No one else rates him as highly as I do, and that's probably why I think he's underrated. But look, anyone else for Lee's most underrated? Matthias Tybel for the Sixers. 
huge, huge breakout coming, I think, this year for him. That's an incredible show. Um, um, he was fucking phenomenal in the Olympics as well. Yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, he was. Um, um, really got me really that field there. Yeah, yeah, that's Jesus Christ. Some I didn't see coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, yeah. I think he. I think there's going to be a lot of teams knocking on the trade door for him, but I think if they had any sense now, they'd be like, there's an awful lot of opportunity and a bit of a workload coming his way, and I think he's going to. Um, I think he's going to be unreal this year. Fair. Um, and Philly will still hate him. Like, the fans will still hate him. Do like, you know what I mean? That's just typical Philly. Right, we'll, uh, we'll pick up the pace a bit because we're approaching the hour mark to the time to get through. Which is a shame for this next question. Kyrie Irving is going to be an issue this year. Can Harden and Durant challenge for a title this year? No. That you don't think they can? You don't think they can? No. It's like last year. Like, it, there was always issues. There's always going to be fucking issues with the three of them. Um, like, talent-wise, they have everything you possibly need to win the title. But, like, if Kyrie comes back and, and goes and plays all the home games and gets vaccinated, something else is going to happen. Something <laughs> is going to happen. It's something, something else will happen. I have no faith. Like, they, if they can't be together as a trio and get over whatever shit they need to be getting over, what was the point in bringing them together in the first place if they're never fucking on the court together? Well, I, 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 I personally think I he, is traded, he is traded, but I don't know who they're going to get from because he's he's going to be severely undervalued when they do trade him because of the issues that that side is taking on. It's going to be someone that's exploding in terms of rebuild. It's someone that's rebuilding this moment right now and I don't see that side of the league. Well, look, I think well, okay. Harden and Kevin Durant, they're two of the best the scorers best in the league. league. I, think I think can Lamarcus Aldridge get, get back a bit? He could be key signing. He, he obviously retired, obviously retired, medically retired, retired and then returned this season. season. Very, strange. Very strange. Paul Millsap still got, got, got play left, left in him. But I think the most underrated signing of this season, Paddy Mills. He's a nice player. And brings a lot of professionalism. Comes from that winning... Culture, culture in um, San Antonio, obviously. But my like question marks are, are what? what? I, I, I think they could. I think they could. If you remove Kyrie, you, you remove the distraction. Yeah, I just. It, it's a far simpler game plan without Kyrie. Could you just split and score between Kevin Durant and James Harden? But I suppose my question, the question that we get out of the Nets is, is Nash the man for the job? And I don't think he is. So look, I probably don't think they do, but. I don't think anyone in their fucking right sanity would take that job, to be honest with you. Like, on paper, it should be really simple, shouldn't it? Like, yeah. guaranteed, like, 55 wins, you know, conference finals at the very least is kind of what you're expecting. And then, yeah. just the Troy toys just come out of pram constantly like one of the three are like nah down in tools keep your money <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah look, look there's, there's a trade, trade situation there particularly there, there is a good question on the lakers. lakers i think we'll just have to skip it tonight because we are going to run quite tight on time so we might come back to that next week and um, with the coach obviously but 
two quick questions to finish up on. Who's title chasing when they should be rebuilding? Dallas. Really? Yeah. I just don't I don't see them having enough like to even get close to winning the West Finals. Not even but I don't think it's I, I don't think that's a rebuild though. That's probably a move off for Zengus. But I mean Luke is only twenty two. To rebuild yeah, is, is crazy. But he's twenty two, rebuild is perfectly kinda within the limits. Like Porzingis, like that's just not like what do you get? It's back not working. From? It's not working. What but what why are you getting back for Porzingis like? Do you know what I mean? Like, what what value is going to come in the door there that can vault them? Like, free agent. The only way a free agent like is they're going to play with Luca. It's a tough sell. Yeah, but like, but it, but is it you move off Porzingis? And if you move off Porzingis, where does that leave you? Like for that year, you know, if you move off him now this year, like, what's Luca do? Drag you to seven seeds? On his own, it was just what he did last year. I know, like, but Porzingis like, well, played bugger up. But like, yeah, I, I, I don't think rebuild is the right term. I think maybe it's a soft reset with Porzingis out of the picture. What? A retooling. <laughs> a retooling as opposed to rebuilding. Yeah. Um, I just think they're expecting an awful lot out of one player. Like, he's unbelievable. But like, I mean, when all of these squads in the West have two and three guys that are really good and. He's just literally gone out on his own, and then he's getting hurt, and he's playing hurt in playoff games. But he's exceptional. He's exceptional, but it's just not going to be enough. Yeah, it fair, really isn't. Fair, 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 fair. fair. I'll, I'll take it on the chin. If we had 20 minutes to spare, my God, I would have been telling him. Obviously, it doesn't need to be said, but 76 rules. The next do I have, cautious ones, Miami probably need to look at a rebuild. They went in on Tyler Hierro. I just, I just think, think that, that was an exceptional run, and it was kind of a, it was the COVID bubble. I don't think they have the talent in that squad to realistically challenge. Jimmy Butler looked a freak, and I love Jimmy, but their window's tiny. The window's tiny, and it's past. Yeah, it might be past actually. Yeah. Those women, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, last one. Maybe not right away, but. If nothing happens this season, I think the Clippers need to blow it up. Pandemic P and the Claw. They've not been competitive. They weren't competitive last season. They weren't the option. Even the regular season, they weren't the the billing that they were the season prior. They've not been great in the playoffs. So I think the Clippers may need potentially to look at blowing that up. Any yeah, anyone else that needs to rebuild? Or are you just going with Miami? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm like staunch in this Dallas thing. I think it's a fucking disaster. Anyway, <laughs> right, <laughs> quick sad. one, just one more and uh, one more answers. Call it MVP. Ooh, MVP. I'm gonna go with Curry. I'm going to go through the dysfunction. I'm going to go hard. Finals matchup. Um, I'm going to say Milwaukee again. And... Lakers? Yeah, I'd be the same. And champions. Born out of pictures. 
what have Town beat him. Milwaukee. Okay, I gotta go Lakers. Okay. I just think, yeah, I think the, the, the books will be wrecked. And then, yeah, I just think the, yeah, I'm back at the Lakers. Is this like you're wrong with Dallas, you're wrong with this? Anyways, look. Oh, look. <laughs> when we listen to this season back, we'll really, like, we'll be able to count how many times we're back and put a nice spreadsheet uh, together. Oh, kind of. Kind of all, all the times time I was wrong. wrong. First, First one being in the pilot when I backed the uh, the, uh, the Colts to make the Super Bowl. But I thought that was right. Quickly, um, in association with USA Sports, um, this week's have you seen this? A bit of a feel good one in keeping in the NBA team. So even if you don't support the NBA, you've seen memes of this man. It's J.R. Smith, um, who obviously retired from the NBA and went back to college, but yesterday. Took um, played his first college golf tournament um, and played well by all accounts. So he's maybe one to watch out for on the PGA Tour. Tatted up, um, probably not a good fit for golf. Maybe I don't know, but uh, yeah, good to see. I just think he's la- he's laughing, isn't he? Like he's made millions, and he's like, I'm just gonna go back and play college golf and get myself like a bit of paper. Yeah. He drives. Yeah, he locks up in a fucking was it a Bentley or Rolls Royce? Like, <laughs> to, like <laughs> and yeah, like good for him considering all the abuse he got after that final series. Yeah, geez, it was a worse decision. Then. Um, I suppose some honourable mentions: the makeshift. Uh, kickers, kickers practice, practice goal, goal uh, in Wembley, Wembley for the Falcons. You forgot the package. It was two step ladders and a bit of net. Bit of net. Um, I did not see that. Did you not, did see, you that? not see that? I did not see that. No. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'd say look that up. Uh, it's very up. funny. Uh, and they forgot to pack the the kickers practice, practice net, net, and they ground that put together basically two step ladders and threw one of the the goal nets from like the from the football goals like across it, and that was their practice. Next, um, but look, they got the win anyway, I suppose. And the other one to mention, um, this coach has kind of brought it up is probably should have happened after the VAR decision the other night in the France game. But the VAR box in the indoor game bursting into flame during the Sky interview that was a good, uh, good viewing. But yeah, look, I'll put the link to the with the highlights of JR playing golf because they are worth watching, even if you are a casual fan of the NBA. Now, now quickly to round us out, we do we have, have two, two fan, fan questions. Um, so the so first, first one comes, comes in from a familiar, familiar voice for fans of our, our previous show, Buster Bars is the gentleman from Deepest Dark South, South Dublin. Dublin. It is, of course, Pat Brendo. Hey, lads. Pat Brendo here. Question for you this week. Just with the heartbreaking news of Orgy Snyman after doing his re-rupturing his cruciate ligaments, just got me thinking about injuries in sports in general and I suppose across maybe rugby and football who would you guys think are were the, the unluckiest or the best players that we never got to see the best of due to an injury well look I'll pre- pre- preface this by saying he said football and rugby so I can't go on a tear filled terrain with Derek Rose um, do you want to do rugby first and then maybe we'll do football yeah I'll do uh by the way, what a name, Bad Brendo. Like, it's like, I've been thinking about that now for a while. It's like the ultimate sex weapon, Bad Brendo. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, I wonder did, did he, uh, was he christened Bad, bad or did he, 
Did you pick it up? I know you picked it up. Um, okay, so rugby first. Um, we we were miss considering all he did achieve, but it is generally overlooked because he was only really fit for World Cups. Jonah Long, um, straight off the bat. Um, obviously we know if he said he lost his life and he had issues with kidneys, but he generally only really played in World Cups, and that kind of seems to have kind of it does kind of fall out of consciousness maybe because. Club rugby wasn't, wasn't the global force it was, but especially when you move from the amateur days, days to professional days. days. John Long struggled a lot with injuries. And an Irish? Go on, Barry. Stephen Ferris. Yeah. Um, you def- yeah, Ferris is definitely up there. Um, I've been. I've been. Horrible, an- that horrible an- ankle injury kept him out for like 15 months. Yeah. yeah. And like um, he had only played like 11 or 12 times for Ireland at the time. He bolted onto that fucking Lions tour running amok. Um, and then he picked strong a knock on that as well. Like. Strong, strong as a knock. Strong as a knock. Um, I have I another one, one who I'm going to try out there. And I fear in five, five years' time will be the answer. Dan, Dan Levy. Levy. He showed so much promise. And the last year... Two, two years really during COVID and all that he just it's sad to see him not back out there even if he got back to just a Leinster jersey you'd be happy to see him but he's not even getting that um, that knee injury is I think it's probably the worst one I've ever seen on the TV mm-hmm. in a, like breakdown like it was a car crash kind of crash yeah um, and he was unbelievable like do you remember how good he was yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I would have severe, severe fears severe for, for, for Dan Levy. Um, other than that, that, there's. I think we're probably missing an awful lot, but um, I do think. Uh, yeah, Jonah for me definitely. I just think it was kind of underrated how not under. I don't appreciate how often he was injured. Um, and any any more from yourself, Robbie? No. Um, and I know that's probably an obvious one for football, but I think we were probably robbed a little bit of more Michael Owen back in the day. Yeah, I've yeah, another one for you. Um, Go on. And and, and it, it makes, makes me cringe because, because I went to went to school, went to school with, with a fellow, fellow with the same, same nickname, nickname anyway. anyway. Um, he's probably not listening to this because he's probably in there with the joy. But he's not Brazilian either. But Pato. Alexander Pato at AC Milan when they were in their pump yeah. with Kaka. There's someone we missed out on. There's an, uh, listen, there's an awful lot of these boys. Was it, was it Michael Johnson from Man City as well back in the day? And he just kind of, he got really, it wasn't really injury with him. He just got, it, it was, he was, and then. He had, yeah, he kind of had all the stuff that was going on with him. He and demons. Like, there is a few of these boys that just. Yeah, and look, and I'll, I'll pay him the highest, highest of compliments, compliments given the club he played for. But Ledley King, King. Yeah. during the last yeah. stage of his career, he wasn't even asked to train; he just showed for the match. Shows you, it's kind of making us sad, by the way. Yeah. all these players. Shows, shows, a kind of speaks volumes to a player like playing the Premier League and and not training to show for games. And shows kind of just how good Ledley was. John Mudgate as well. I know he probably, probably shouldn't have gone to Real Madrid, but he did. He, he, he suffered some horrific injuries. Um, yeah. 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 
there's, there's, there's probably a lot more we're not touching on. Uh, Eric Hammond's dad, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I think he's fed to that. We've won one more fan question before we finish out. Now, look, we have already answered this question, but if you're kind enough to send us a fan question, we promise you we will at least play it on the show. I think the fake accent failed there over the last three seconds of that, that voice clip, but look. Um, Do you want to tell him that it's all a ruse and fucking Mike Ashley's actually coming back? <laughs> oh yeah, actually look, and look, maybe you won't know, um, but if you're from the area, you'll be, you'd be kind of, any true Geordies listen to that would be like, that's a pure Sunderland accent, and they'd be calling it out straight away, so maybe uh, Michael Parlin is a fair weather supporter now, he's... He's seen about things, things he's done in Sunderland. He's decided to switch allegiances to the dark side. Um, um, yeah, look. Andy, that accent it was terrible. terrible. Just send us in a normal voice note, I think, in the future. Don't you think that's going to happen in 12, 12 months, anyways? Just survive for 12 months and then start splashing the dollar? It would be, be some, something else bigger. <laughs> if, if, like, they were in a relegation battle this season. And if it got to, like, Three weeks, three weeks to go, go and they weren't safe and, and stuff, stuff. that would be serious, serious pause, pause for pause concerns yeah. um, um, do you reckon you just turn around and buy the championship then next year just be like fuck we'll buy all these clubs and make them lose if we get Newcastle to come back up <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, uh, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if, FIFA, I don't know if FIFA, FIFA financial fair play really, really gives a shit outside of the top leagues I think you can do what you want yeah look I suppose in summation that's all for me yeah, I'm happy out too. That's all for me. Thank you, Thank you and good night.